0: Welcome to the 375th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on February 11th, 2024. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this year's show. With me is the man who's got a part-time gig in pest control, Carlos Rodella. What? That one confused me. What? What do we play this week? Oh, we played the
1: Hell Divers and we took out a bunch of bugs. A bunch
0: of bugs. There you go. Circling uh, yeah. back, it's a callback. It's a call Excellent. forward, actually. Call forward, well, callback for us, call forward for the people in the show. It's a call regardless, but there we yes. go. Yes. All right, folks. Uh lots of stuff to talk about. Busy busy week. Carlos, how you doing, sir? I'm okay. Um just getting all this pesticide off me. <laughs> You're covered in it. It's yeah. cancerous, too. Better hurry up and shower,
1: dude. And uh, I wanted to. Uh, well, we'll get into housekeeping in a second, but yeah, I've just definitely been following along with this whole Xbox stuff, and uh, that's been my my week. A lot of it is kind of you know drilling down into what's going to happen with that
0: thing. Wow. Really? Okay. Interesting. Okay, it's not my whole week, but you know. Oh, okay. I have I have not looked at it or thought about it since we recorded that last special <laughs> oh, episode. <nice. laughs> well, here's the thing: is you know you know
1: I'm like all over YouTube, and so I watch it every day, and I just like. It's just my
0: homepage. It's hard to escape it. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, we will get there. In fact, uh, just while we're on the topic, really quickly, and before we get into housekeeping, do, what is the official day when Xbox or Microsoft is going to spill the beans on all the hullabaloo here? What what day is that? They didn't say. Oh, but is it this week? Did it's they confirm this week? This week? Yeah. Okay. All and right.
1: it should be Monday to get ahead of like. I mean, they're not ahead of it anymore. They're behind it. Uh, all the news and the rumors, but yeah, I would hope they would do it. Monday or Tuesday yeah.
0: my guess is Friday at 4 55 p.m. right nice. before they lock up for the weekend yeah we'll see we shall see all right folks it is a busy show let's dive right into it as everyone knows Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape his side my side things are a mess we're tidying up right here and right now it's housekeeping. Carlos, uh, I got a bunch of stuff on my side, but how is your side looking this week?
1: Well, let me just finish this half-open box of Xbox,
0: stuff. Okay. Yeah, dump it out, man. Get it out um, of
1: here. The first thing out of the box is that we did a rumor mill episode. We did. And uh, if you listen to that, thank you very much. It's in between podcasts, but it's still got a bunch of views or listens. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to voice our opinions or ideas on big things that happen in the industry and do a two-parter because obviously that first one was like just ideas of what might happen. And then now once it finally comes out, the information from, like you said, Microsoft, not really Xbox because yeah, Microsoft yeah. meeting is happening. Then we'll do a part two and kind of be like, here's our thoughts on what was actually said. So I just, uh, thank everybody listening uh, for listening to it. And yeah, I just think that I wanted to get that ideas out there. And on top of that, Uh, Just to kind of close the box for now uh, on the Xbox rumors, Um, I think we said this, and I mentioned it on on that episode. If you didn't listen to it, go back and check it out. But I feel like, yeah, the biggest issue I have, and we don't know what's going to come out of the Xbox talk, which is the rumor is, you know, games are going to come to PlayStation. Xbox games are going to come to PlayStation, potentially Nintendo as well. And then what does that mean for Xbox consoles? But I think that, yeah, the biggest thing is people who, including you and me, who bought into the ecosystem of Xbox and have a bunch of games, just as long as they're, they're not going to go anywhere, then it's maybe not as gargantuan a problem as, you know, it once thought, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that to me is the biggest concern is like what happens to all the money I've sunk into that environment. So whether they keep doing consoles or if they stop doing consoles, I, I would hope that if they pivot towards being like a software only company like a Sega like you've like you've observed in the past uh that they would somehow manage to like fold somebody's account into like whatever future game pass looks like or something it would be a pretty pretty big disaster um if all those games just like went poof and they didn't do anything for the customers who have bought in all these years so we'll see fingers crossed on that that would be that would be hugely disappointing if they didn't help us out on that on that front
1: yeah and I think that you know it's it's obvious it's pretty obvious that they wouldn't just be like okay everything's shut off tomorrow but it's more like what will they do in the future and if they're not making that type of box again then to your point like and to our point where is that game go where's the where's all that digital library go uh, in my opinion it's going to be a handheld I think that might be the case but we'll see and then lastly is IGN podcast uh, mentioned about the whole idea um, is that the younger generation, a lot of them just don't care about consoles and they just want to play games. Sure, sure. Um, and I just, you know, that's another piece of this puzzle because you and I are older <laughs> and, you know, we come from um, a history of, of console wars and all that kind of stuff. And this is not where we're coming from in the console war idea, but just the idea that, you know, um, yeah, we, we can attach ourselves to consoles. And I think that, that is an interesting thought that a younger generation just doesn't care.
0: I may be older, but I think I am more on that side than I am the previous side, I think, because Right, right, right. I I, I, I don't care. I do want to play games, and I think I have gotten rid of, you know, I used to be hardcore collector, physical only, discs for everything or, you know, cartridge for everything back in the day. And I haven't been that guy for a while. So, at this point, I don't really care and I don't really have like a brand loyalty since i've got all the consoles anyway I, I just don't want my purchases to be lost and wherever the best games are is where i will be um so i guess i'm not too fussed about the whole thing honestly
1: well we will delve into it when they actually say information
0: and stay tuned for part two yes indeed well carlos since you're talking why don't you go ahead and just finish off the rest of your boxes because i got a whole bunch to go through but let's let's uh let's do yours first
1: i only have two more and okay. one's uh, not they're both small boxes one is that pal world uh, pale world. Are you saying, saying right? pale? Pale. Pal, world? I think I'm doing better at it. Pale world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sold 12 million now. Wow. Million. Um, and I think that recently, when I checked, it was 1.2 million still concurrent. Uh, which is a bonkers number. That's Again, pretty amazing. Yeah. Two million amazing. concurrent was PUBG, and that's like at the height of you know, crazy multiplayer battle royale stuff. So, uh, and then here the other issue that came out with Pal World is. They're spending $500,000 a month on the servers. That seems like a lot. That's a lot. And even though they made hundreds of millions, that's still like, what is it? Six million or something like that a year on server costs. I guess so, like,
0: I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm not a tech guy at all. Right. Like I just like, you know, I use computers, but I'm not Oh, you're not a tech guy. We know no. that. Yeah. Yeah. I am anti-tech, but yeah. I guess, so I guess, are they just renting someone's servers? They didn't want to buy a bunch of servers. Like, I guess, where's the cost coming from? Because, I, you know i would just assume knowing nothing uh and again i know nothing that if you were going to be like a game company and you knew you were going to be doing online multiplayer stuff you might want to invest in your own servers but i mean are we talking about like electricity cost are we like the hamster food that you got to keep the hamsters uh, fed with to keep the little wheels spin like like what is that cost coming from they, they must be renting someone else's servers
1: right yeah yeah and also that's exactly how it works hamster wheel uh makes server you got go. to keep
0: them little bowls topped up otherwise yeah. they stop running
1: no, yeah, I think, I mean, like most, I think most game companies, unless you're Epic or like, you know, like Epic has their own, I'm guessing, and Microsoft has their own. If you're like a really big company, but like, these are like, this is a small dev studio. Remember? Sure, it's sure. like 20 people or less. Right. And so, yeah, they probably originally just like rented a bunch out to be like, hey, hope this works. And then it overworked. <laughs> it worked a lot. And so yeah, they're they're renting it, and it costs a certain amount of yeah, money. Yeah, it must it must be rental, right? That's got to yeah. be what the
0: cost is. So, right?
1: but they can't. That's not sustainable. I don't think so, because even because at some point you can't add new customers, right? So you might add new customers, but the idea is that you sell twelve million. You might be good for a bit. Like maybe you'll get another million or something. I just don't think it keeps... You don't keep getting $12
0: Let me ask you, Carlos, because I did not play Pal World. I just watched my son play it for like five minutes. He bounced, and I didn't start it. So I guess I don't know, but are there future sources of income for people who've already bought... Is it just like you buy the game and you're done, or are there like little... DLCs to kind of keep the money coming in for these people like what is the the monetary structure of that? No, game? there is no monetary. structure. No, Okay, so yeah. no DLC nothing. They like made
1: that. an yeah. indie game like they, Okay, at the end of the day, they made a $30 indie game and then gotcha. they gave it away on game pass So it has nothing and that has a roadmap and you know in the future they will add stuff So yeah, it's just got to be stuff that they monetize. Maybe they increase the price later I don't know, but yeah, I just thought I'd bring it up because even though I love that game. Um so it's a little worrisome for the indie dev if they're going to be able to pull it off. That's all, all right. And then another small box that I usually save for the end, but I just thought I'd mention it now. Okay. Uh, shameless plug is um, I have my glitch to the ground channel, which you might uh, have checked out. I have not heard of that. Have you not mentioned it before? I've mentioned it once. I think. Yeah, I must have missed it Sorry. or twice. And I mentioned at the end of the show, it's probably because you didn't stay for the whole show. I usually bounce before we wrap the show. Yeah. And I'm just talking to nobody at the end. Um, anyways, my channel on YouTube, the kind of global channel is just my name. So Carlos Rodella. That's uh-huh. one L R O D E L A. I'm going to start doing um, some videos over there again. So just check like it out. Like YouTube
0: forward slash Carlos Rodella?
1: Yeah. It's just Carlos Rodella. Okay. Gotcha. All one word. I don't know if it's slash. I don't know. But there's an at symbol. It's got to be a forward slash. If we're, yeah. Okay. You'll we'll figure, figure it out. Uh, I just thought I'd mention it because I'm going to start doing some videos. Because we talk a lot about games on this show, obviously, a ton. But then I still have
0: more to say. <laughs> what's wrong with me? And, Justin, uh, is this like general stuff or is this still game oriented stuff? Yeah, or game kind of stuff oriented stuff.
1: About? Like, we'll say, uh, here's a, here's a uh, what's it called? Sneak peek kind of. Okay. Today we're going to talk about. Well, I won't sne- I won't. Should I spoil the game I'm going to talk about in the show? Well, you don't have to. I mean, just don't spoil it, but just, you know, but there is game content. A game that I'm going to talk about at the end of the show is a big game. And I have a very, very strong opinion about it. I'm going to say my opinion on this show, Uh but I will still have more to say about it. So it's kind of like that. It's like if I have these strong, strong opinions and I want to keep going
0: into it a little bit more.
1: Check out that channel. All right.
0: Totally fine. Sounds good. I just want to clarify because I know you've done like other shows in the past, like comedy or like oh, geez, life observations I... or whatever. So I just kind of for my own mind, like, is this like what are we talking about? But it's still in the game bucket. So I think we have Yeah. We have established that. So all right, cool. YouTube.com forward slash Carlos Rodella. I'm betting that's what it is. Yep. And that's it. That's it. I'm done. All right. Excellent. Let me clear some of these boxes out before we get to the main portion of the show here. I was gonna cover This particular game is called Dark Light. Um, Interesting name. Uh, I was going to cover it as one of my main games, but I actually didn't put enough time into it because other games came up, and so I kind of put it on the back burner, but I wanted just to really quickly mention it. Um, It is a 2D... Metroidvania, and those are definitely not my favorite games right now. I think I'm just kind of burned out on the whole Metroidvania thing in general. But I saw it show up in the PlayStation Store just randomly, and the the key art got me, and I looked inside, and it just seemed really interesting. So I, I went for it. I think it was like twelve or fourteen dollars or something like that. And um, I've only put like maybe like an hour into it, but it seems pretty interesting. It's like a post-apocalyptic sort of a weird thing where you're a, like an agent, and you've got a little drone robot following you lots of stuff to upgrade. You're like a cyborg or something. So you can like change your body parts and like do little upgrades, kind of like cyberpunk a little bit. Mm. Um, but the thing that really grabbed me about it though, and the thing that made me kind of go for it in terms of purchasing was just the art style. The art style is like pretty wild. It's, um, I don't know how to even describe it, but it seems like somebody took, uh, like, cut pictures out of a magazine and then glued them onto, like, the the screen. It doesn't seem like there's a uniform art style, and I mean that, like, in kind of a good way. Like, it's a very arresting sort of an image. Like, there's, like, I don't know, just the colors are kind of clashing, and the shapes are kind of strange, and it just looks very, like, rough and ready and kind of, like, really, I don't know, slapdash indie in a way, and I don't mean that to be um, negative. It's just kind of just, like, a very loosey-goosey style that I don't see too often. It just... It, it seems like they took random assets and kind of stuck them together, but it ends up being kind of like enigmatic and kind of interesting looking. So hmm. um, I don't know much about it. I only played like a little bit. I just barely got through the tutorials and I was kind of just, you know, just uh plinking at it and just kind of see what was what and stuff. But, uh, should, you know, if anybody's interested in art styles or just if this sounds interesting, if you need one more Metroidvania in your life, uh, as we all do. Go to uh, check that out. It's called Dark Light, and I will probably put some more time into it later on when I uh, have an opening. Maybe next week or maybe the week after. We'll see. But anyway, Yeah, just... I like
1: the cyberpunk look of it. I remember seeing it in the store.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I,
1: I also share that same thing with you of, of burnout of Metroidvania. So... But it looks cool.
0: Yeah, the, the visual style was strong enough to make me go for it. So that's got to say something, I guess. So, All right. All right. Um, next box. Heads up that there is a crossover. I did not see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming. There's a crossover promotion between Lies of P and Wo Long. I was like, what? where is it? Where is this coming out of? Yeah, they just announced it a couple days ago. Uh, those games are crossing over. You can get some of the one or two of the weapons and some of the uh, Chinese costumes from Wolong. Those are going to be available in Lies of P. There was a video showing P. In a, in a Chinese suit, and he had like a long, I think it was like a pole arm or something like that, and he was messing up the puppets with the, that weapon, and then I believe in the Wo Long game, uh, there's a suit where your main character has a metallic arm, just like P does, and I thought I saw a weapon, but I'm not sure, the video is pretty short, but anyway, um, DLC is coming out soon, if it's not already out, Wo Long, Lies of the Crossover, which is interesting, uh, because I think both of those games are great, they both have some problems, but they're both still really great. And they're both these kind of like, um, I don't want to call them B-tier souls-likes, because I think that's kind of being unfair to them. But I think they are both kind of like their own type of souls-like uh, that is obviously inspired, but has their own place to stand. And it's interesting that those two things teamed up mm-hmm. with each other to, I don't know, uh, combine to form a giant boss that will eventually defeat Fromsoft, I guess. So And it
1: shows up in the very first stage. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Interesting stuff. So, yeah, heads up on that um let's see there was a mention this week of the ign writers unionizing there's a petition going around um i i guess i'm a little bit unclear i started to read it and then got distracted so i apologize to everybody but um i guess apparently they are petitioning to have the parent company uh recognize the union that they're trying to get off the ground i believe that's what the petition is for so if you just google like ign petition or unionizing petition i'm sure you'll find it i did sign it Uh, because I didn't have to even read it because we do need unions uh, basically in every aspect in every field in America. We're in some real trouble uh, work-wise and so I think the more we can get together to support each other the better and Games Writers is a field that has been Ooh, they've been taking one on the chin for many many years it's long past due that they get some unionization going get some benefits get some stability mm. uh income guarantees so if you want to check that out you want to support your local writers and you know i mean this is starting with ign but it could spread to other sites could spread to the whole industry possibly who knows right so check that out yes do that Let's see we have uh toys for bob you know the developer toys for bob i believe i do they created skylanders you might remember skylanders a couple years ago Mm -hmm. they were also responsible for the spyro and the crash bandicoot remakes just a couple years back okay uh they are closing they are closing their doors uh they were bought by some other parent company and they laid off a bunch of people and now they're no longer a thing so toys for bob um you know they were always kind of consistent they were always around maybe not the biggest superstar studio like you know they they were kind of prominent during the Skylander years, but I think people probably played more of their games than they realized. Um, they just never had the spotlight. But I think it'll be a loss that they're not around anymore. So that's unfortunate. So well, best of luck to everybody
1: there. Best of luck, but also to put asterisks there and say why do big huge companies do that right now a lot? Where Embracer Group, I'm looking at you. Like you just buy up with these studios and then close them. Like are they doing it for the brand so they can just sell that brand later? I
0: don't get why that happens. I have no, no clue. I don't have any idea. Maybe it's a tax write-off thing. Maybe it's some kind of, like, accounting hocus-pocus they're doing. Maybe they're stupid. I mean, I just – I have no idea. Microsoft does the same thing. They buy some the Studios, yeah. they disassemble the studio, and they don't make any good games. Yeah. Same thing. I, I, I have no fucking clue. By the way, it that here. is
1: part of the original story uh, from this beginning of this podcast, which is the Xbox choices. We talked about it before, too. Management and choices they make, you know? because i was there for some of the early stuff this is like years ago Of like yeah buying a studio and then just like messing it up like and not releasing the game or
0: releasing it way
1: late so i just don't know why that happens anyways debbie down i have
0: have no insight there at all just wanted to mention it really quickly and wish those folks best of luck i i spent a lot of time with the skylanders franchise it was really popular in my circles for a while i still have all the figures i i have a lot of figures i have a ton of figures uh, and those were just, that was just like a really good time, really good uh, moment in, in time when that game was really hot and popular and fun. So I will miss good it. Good luck. Um, Not really game related, but something I thought worth mentioning was that I saw a tweet earlier saying that Crunchyroll, the anime streaming service, is apparently shutting down their Funimation uh, selections and they're deleting everyone's purchased copies. Uh, at the same time, I believe they're also increasing their own prices. So. Funimation, they do like a lot of uh, stuff. I think they do like Dragon Ball and they do um, maybe One Piece, I think. I can't remember. I don't know their whole title, but I have definitely seen Funimation stuff. Uh, And I guess if you've bought Funimation stuff through the Crunchyroll service, I guess, fuck you. Mm. You're going to just lose it. So that sounds fucking terrible. Um, I just mentioned that because, you know, anime and games have a lot of crossover. And we always are talking about you know digital owner digital digital quote-unquote ownership or the lack of ownership you know everything's a long-term rental and i think this rental is just expiring so i don't have any more details but if you have crunchyroll or if you've bought funimation or if you're, i guess you just like anime stuff uh you probably should look into this and find out what you can do to protect your your purchases if at all possible or i guess shoot off an angry tweet to somebody and tell them to fuck off i don't know i'm not sure what you do in a situation like this but just heads up in case you haven't seen that Um, The last thing before we get out of housekeeping is I want to circle back to Mortal Kombat 1. We talked about it a while ago uh, last year. I feel like it was like October or something like that. And I started it. I got a pretty good chunk into the story mode. And then I got distracted. You know, Q4 happened. It was like a million games a minute. Mm-hmm. We had lots of stuff prepping for game of the year and everything, everything. And it fell through the cracks. And I first, I want to apologize to everybody at the Mortal Kombat team and to Mortal Kombat PR. I meant to cover it in full a while ago. And I just, I just lost it, man. I just, I, you know, I just lost track of it. And I, I realized a couple of days ago and I felt super bad about that. So I do want to apologize to everybody first. And let me just now circle back to Mortal Kombat with our official... So, video games review. So, um, I talked about it before. I I like the Mortal Kombat series a lot. I think that ever since Mortal Kombat 9, um, they have just been better and better and better and better. The graphics keep getting better. The controls keep getting better. Uh, And the story, the story itself is amazing. Um, You know, what the Mortal Kombat story team did with 9, like, really basically revolutionized what we expect from fighting games. They crafted, like, I think one of the best story campaigns that's ever been in a fighting game, and they just keep iterating on it time after time. In Mortal Kombat 1, just for people who don't remember, uh, this is one where they kind of, like, reboot the whole thing. Um, In the last Mortal Kombat, they kind of brought everything to a head. It was, like, this continuing storyline over a couple games. They had, like, this cosmic battle with somebody who controlled time and space, and it was just, like, this giant apocalyptic fight. And I was thinking in my head, where are you going to go from this? Because it's already... You're, like, on a universe scale. Like, there's nothing left to do, you know? But they pulled it off again. They kind of did, like, a... A timeline multiverse revamp uh I guess multiverses are very popular in, in media mm-hmm. right now and so they kind of uh did this multiverse thing where they opened it up to different dimensions and there's like lots of possibilities I don't want to spoil any of the funny moments but there are lots of crossovers and lots of mashups with characters where you see like an alternate timeline Liu Kang or like an alternate timeline Melina and you're like oh my god what's going on with that person um and it's just it's just really funny and interesting I think that was great In terms of the combat, I think it's super tight. I think it feels good to play. I think the moves have been uh, revamped in a great way. There's also a new system called the Cameo system where these characters are not in the game officially, but you can still see them. They'll show up as like a helper character. So like in the middle of a battle, you hit a button and like somebody who you cannot choose to use as a fighter, but will show up and like, you know, like Kano will show up and like shoot somebody's laser eye or Or Sonya will show up and kick somebody. So you'll still see her in the game and she'll still be around. But I mean, the roster is already pretty big. They can't carry forward like 150 characters every single game, right? There's no way to do that. So I think that's totally a fun system and I enjoyed that. After you beat the campaign, there's also a new system called the Invasion System where they're rolling out these chunks of story on a seasonal basis. The first one is like you're inside Johnny Cage's mansion. You kind of go through the rooms and each room is a different challenge. Now I'm in the second chunk where I'm in like Baraka's area. It's like a desert area. So you got more challenges. Unlock some stuff. I think that's a really interesting mode. I think that's fun. I'm looking forward to that. And I think it's fine that they got rid of some of the other stuff. Like the the towers and some of the older... The crypt and everything. I was like, okay, that was... They've done that all like multiple times. And I think it's fine to like, let go of that and just try something new. So that's all good. I think overall it's great. I do also want to call out the character design. Um, they did something kind of different here where it's like more realistic. It's like a good blend between a realistic-looking character model and slightly fantastical for video gaming, but they haven't leaned into the fantastic very much. And I know some people are mad about that because honestly, uh the boobs and the butts are not as big as they used to be. They're not as, you know, they're not as revealing as they used to be. I and I think that's fine. Like I mean, you've got a whole internet full of porn. If you need to get that stuff, that's cool. This game doesn't need to be all about just like a meat market, you know, um, titty show. So I think it's fine that they've scaled things back. Um, I do like the character design overall, and I think they've got some neat characters there that are, that are fun to use. So enjoying that, uh, it's all, it's all good. What is the downside of this game? I think the downside is number one, I don't like the online store. Um, I feel like, there's like stuff to get to customize your character, a lot of cosmetic stuff, but I feel like it's all kind of like wrapped up in the store and it's not apparent, like what's in there. It seems to rotate on a basis. And like, I don't really have anything to look forward to unlocking. I kind of just like check in in the store and see what they've got and kind of bounce when there's nothing good. And I, I would much rather have something to work towards or maybe the ability to choose what reward I want or something that would give me something to keep playing the game after I finished the story mode. And if I don't want to play online or something like that, um, so I don't like the online aspect of it. I don't like the the lack of rewards that are obvious. I'm not a fan of that. Also, when you're in the invasions mode, they kind of overcomplicated it a bit. Like you can take your character through this and they've got like elemental affinities. Like I was playing with Reptile this morning, who is a really cool um, you know, human ninja but he turns into a giant lizard. And like he's like an ice character and I'm like why is he ice? Like he he does that doesn't make sense. It seems like they randomly assigned affinities like someone's fire and someone's you know acid and someone's steel or whatever i don't want to mess with that i don't i don't want to worry about who's strong you know fire beats wood wood beats water water Pokemon, beats fire yeah, yeah like yeah. i don't want to worry about that stuff and there's also like medallions where you like have extra powers and you can like upgrade them and i'm like this all feels like just ugh, nonsense and and trifle that i don't want to mess with so i don't don't care for that too much um but overall i mean it's hard to fault Mortal Kombat because they've raised the bar. They have raised the bar. They continue to raise the bar. And even even an okay Mortal Kombat mar- game in modern times is way better than most other uh, fighting games. And this one is pretty good. I had a great time with the story mode. had a great time um, just playing uh, in the practice mode, and the versus mode and stuff. So I think it's a really, really solid game. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I'm going to give it an official Sovity game score of a solid 8 out of 10 there you go we you can't did go it. wrong you cannot go wrong with mortal that's Kombat. that's a pretty one.
1: solid score yeah
0: it definitely is so good times and again for me the high point is a story mode lots of laughs lots of funny moments lots of cool fights i just i love their story modes i live for the mortal Kombat story mode so good stuff congratulations mortal Kombat. eight out of ten and once again please accept my apologies for not getting to it sooner i am sorry about that Check it out. Check it out. Uh and that is all I've got housekeeping. Any final things from you, Carlos, before we uh move on? Nope. I've already closed the door. All right, excellent. Let's move on then. Before we get to the main portion of the show, just a quick reminder. Uh if you want to help support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash the so video games podcast. Every little bit helps with the cost of hosting, which keeps going up every month, I gotta say. Uh, upgrading equipment and also any games for the show in case we can't get codes. Anybody who chips in at the $5 level or above will be invited to join us on our members-only Discord, invited by me personally. But whether you contribute or not, we will never paywall any episodes or any content. You're going to get the same great show every week free of charge because we love you. All right, that is going to do it for that. Let's get onto the main portion of the show, Carlos. we got a lot to get through here. Uh, if you're okay with that, I'm going to kick it off with you. Okay. Uh, Haunti, H-A-U-N-T-I-I. I've heard of it. I think it was featured in the Steam Next Fest or whatever. And oh, my God, can we please be done with the fucking Steam Next Fest? I say this all the time, but like as the editor of a video games website... Anytime any of these fest's start, I mm-hmm. drown. I got so many fucking emails for Steam Next Fest. I was just like, I was hating my life, dude. This was just like, delete, 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 delete. Not gonna read it. Delete, delete, delete. Like eight hundred emails in my fucking box. Like I'm so glad. Like we're at the tail end of this. But anyway. That's a very specific complaint from me. Yes, it is.
1: And also, it's, you know, a bunch of people who don't have to spend money on games. They're demos, you know, so you can for play sure, them. For, for free. sure, for sure, for uh, sure. Anyway, yeah, there's a ton of them. And I'm playing already like four or five games at a time right now. So it is a lot. Um, but I did find that one. I don't think I, I saw it on the homepage or something. Okay. You know how they feature them on the, and then maybe that's how you saw them but they'll like have people play them, uh, like on a stream on like within- Steam. Oh yeah,
0: like when you hit the, the store page, there's like yeah. a little window of somebody streaming. Yeah, 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 I know. So I think that's
1: how I saw it, um, but there's so many good ones. I'm gonna get to a bunch next week um, and we'll talk about them like Pacific
0: Drive, is that what it is, the car yeah, one? Yeah, I think yeah. Pacific Drive, that's an exciting one, sure.
1: So anyways, there's a bunch I, I played, but I just wanted to bring one to the show uh, and it was that and Haunty with two eyes. And so, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's like a, uh, I guess three-quarters of top-down, uh, you know, hand-drawn uh, characters, very simple colors like blue, black, and white, and gray, you know, so not too many colors. And you play as a ghost who's kind of in this in-between place, and you can walk around and dash and kind of just do some basic uh, twin-stick shooter moves so you can, like, shoot this kind of magic energy out. Okay. And it's just the vibe of the game is I wrote down Magnificent. And Magnificent vibes. Okay? Yeah, I don't ever use that word. It just felt like breathtaking at times too. Like you just, it does that thing where as you're walking on the map, like sometimes it'll just pan out so you can see the whole thing a little bit more. And it's just beautiful. Like this ghost that you play as is in kind of this weird limbo world where there's plants and mushrooms and other ghosts and you're shooting things and collecting things, but also that you're seeing this beautiful architecture and weird kind of dreamland that you're in. And then you kind of zoom around. And if you get in the dark too much, there's like dark and light. And if you're in the dark too long, you can die. Um, so you're always like constantly. But you're a ghost.
0: Aren't you already dead?
1: Yeah, you can die again. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> dude. You can. Yeah, I guess so. But the first time I did die, in quotes, I was brought back to life, in quotes, by another like kind of uh, ghost spirit. And it actually did like a huge cutscene. And that was like, you're supposed to, I guess, at some point. You're kind of supposed to die. uh, Oh, gotcha. So they can show you some other thing. But um, yeah, it's just beautiful. The cutscene was like, breath, again, breathtaking. And I was like, what the hell? This is so stellar. Um, And the gameplay is fun. I was using a a controller and it worked perfectly. Twin Six shooter is always relaxing to me. And at some point, the other thing you can do is you can inhabit uh, objects. Which we've seen in games before. Oh, like, yeah. You possess
0: like, something and take it over. Yeah. yeah and
1: yeah. in the beginning, I, I just <clears throat> possessed like a hill. And the other hills started, they just like took, took a pause moment and they're like, hey, he doesn't understand. I'm sorry. Um, did you say a
0: hill? Yeah, a hill. Like a like mountain. Like a small mountain. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, okay.
1: Because I inhabited one and that, and the other hills were like, hey, buddy, um, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> they're like, you don't want to do that. Like, we're, we can't move, you know? So it's probably not a good idea to do that. And they were like kind of laughing at me. Hmm. Uh, and anyways, I f- other ones you can inhabit uh, objects that there'll be puzzles, you know, to do. And yeah, it's just kind of oh, it's super relaxing. And then at some point you meet other ghosts and they're also laughing at you because you don't like understand a lot. And you're collecting memories from like what happened before because you don't know who you are. That's it. That's all I have to say, really, because it's like if you like what I just said, <clears throat> you're going to like this game. It's just a lot of that. It's a demo. I kind of don't want to play too much more because I'm just like in. Right. And I right. just want to play this game. But beautiful. Yeah, it's a perfect example of a great game for a Next Fest because you get the idea of it like pretty quickly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just super fun, and relaxing. And yeah, I've never used the word magnificent, but as I was walking over this bridge and seeing this huge map kind of zoom out, it just felt, yeah, awesome.
0: Okay, right on. Uh, I believe that is coming to consoles as well. It's not a PC exclusive. I'm pretty sure I got PR about this game, and I think oh, it's coming okay. soon, actually. Wow, I would love
1: fun. to play it on any console.
0: Yeah, I believe I believe it is coming to console. Um, and before we get off of the Steam Next Fest thing, just a quick shout-out to uh, uh, you know friend of the show, John, uh, over at Gaming in the Wild, his, his podcast. Uh, I am a fan of that show. We've mentioned it many times here, but I know that he has been covering a lot of the stuff from Steam Next Fest. Um, oh, okay. I don't have time for that, and we haven't really been focusing on that I think we got a pretty full plate just from the actual games we have let alone demos and stuff but he's had I think at least one or two um, episodes that are pretty focused on those demos he's highlighting some uh, you know some picks that caught his eye and all that kind of stuff so if you want to know more about that John's got great taste I think we often are on the same page about games and so maybe check out his recent episodes if you want more more steam next Fest stuff over at gaming in the wild Check it out. And then Check next episode, out.
1: I will have two more probably from this the next episode I'm playing. All
0: right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let me talk for a minute about a game called Airhead. This is a side scrolling platform in We just talked about one. Oh, no. We're talking about another one. Yeah. So um, the embargo just dropped for this two days ago. It's brand new. Um, and what got me interested in this one was the art style in the trailer. It's got an interesting, like, Ever since ever since um Limbo there's been this like real upsurge in like silhouetted black characters on a lighter background you know Limbo from uh, Playdead mm-hmm. right Yep uh, I mean I think a lot of people probably know that it was very instrumental and 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 made a lot of space for the the indies on console but anyway um I think a lot of people have like leaned into that style like maybe too many people have leaned into that style but this one kind of had shades of that but also it was kind of different it was like a little person who was like this kind of like black silhouette shape but their head was like this giant like circular head with like these eyes and a mouth and it floated like it was some kind of like balloon or something like that and i was like oh okay that looks pretty interesting um the colors of the backgrounds i think are pretty a pretty distinctive looking like there's like a lot of greens and some yellows and so it just looks kind of this weird like i don't want to make it sound nauseating because it's not i know a lot of people don't like greens and yellows and that's that's associated with like upset tummy and throw up or whatever but no it was like kind of like otherworldly and kind of spooky in a little way and it just had a cool vibe to it so i was like okay a floating head i could uh, i could imagine how you might use that in a in a metroidvania platformy sense that might be okay so the publisher sent me a code thank you very much to the publisher for that appreciate it talking about it right here and right now and i will say that the visuals are pretty cool i do still like the visuals i think it's probably the strongest part of the entire game um and they're really nice to look at check out the trailer if you haven't but i think when i started to play the game i soured on it pretty quickly um it's unfortunate because i think the idea of having a floating head is a good one. And I feel like maybe it's just not really being explored in the right way. And so what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is as you're going through the levels, 2d platforming, there is some foreground and background stuff, like not a ton of it, but there is foreground and background, which I wasn't a fan of. Sometimes it's hard to tell like what's foreground, what's background. And sometimes there are some things where it's kind of just difficult to tell where you're supposed to go. I don't think it's as, as visually distinct as it needs to be, but the gimmick of having a head that floats it becomes something that is an annoyance that you're going through just so that you can participate in that idea i don't th- i don't feel like they're leveraging it to lift their gameplay up i feel like they're kind of bending the gameplay to fit that concept i know that's really i'm not being very clear about this so what do i mean what do i mean um as you walk through each level there are a million little air canisters like uh like like if you go to like a, a circus or you know i don't know carnival or whatever and you you want to buy a floating balloon like a helium balloon right you know those big metal canisters they mm-hmm. they stick the balloon on them and they goes like and they fill up the balloon you know what i'm talking about yep so there's like a million of those every five steps and so i'm like that's weird because we're in this strange underground greenish yellow fantastical world But there's also like helium canisters literally every five steps and they put it every five steps because the air leaks out of your head so fast that you got to constantly fill it up. And so that becomes just like busy work annoyance. Right. Like it's Mm. like why it it doesn't make sense. Right. Like, why am I filling up air every five seconds? You should have just done like a slower leak out of the head or maybe maybe the air leaks out every time you use the the boost jump or something. So you're kind of monitoring it. But instead, there's just like air canisters all over the place. And it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's like, what are they doing here? It doesn't fit with the world. And also just mechanically, they're incredibly too often. But also, if they weren't that often, you'd be pissed off because your air would run out all the time. You wouldn't be able to make any progress. And so I feel like it kind of points to a fundamental kind of like poor fit between the concept and like how you're actually playing the game. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, also, parts of this... I also don't like to make sense for example you've got the head you can take the head off sometimes it floats when you've got helium sometimes it just has regular air and it doesn't float which is fine but then like there are these little tunnels where you're too tall if your head is on so you got to take your head off and I'm like okay well I'll take the head off and I'll just kick it down the tunnel because it looks like a ball when you take it off nope can't kick it you can't interact with it in that way you can pick it up but you can't kick it and I'm like well what are you supposed to do oh you need to get a rock and drag the rock and use the rock to push your head through the hole and i'm like why would you do that like you're Mm. right there just kick it and so again that's another thing where the gameplay mechanic doesn't make a lot of sense it feels like they are kind of forcing it Well, we like i don't know why they don't even just have you kick it like who knows i don't know but like as i'm playing it i just feel like i'm jumping through a lot of hoops that don't make a lot of sense in order for me to engage with this game that really wants me to like have a head that floats but it doesn't it doesn't come together in the way that it seems like you would want it to come together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's like a lot of busy work and weird idiosyncrasies, but they don't make logical sense.
1: It seems like the fundamentals are kind of, uh, I want, I don't want to see a flawed cause I haven't played it, but that's what it sounds like. It's like, yeah, you should be able to just pick it up and it should be intuitive to be like, throw the head or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm like, you should like jump on the head, use it as a trampoline, kick the head use it as a ball. Pick it up and throw it like a like a, like a you know, projectile or, you know, like, you know, and, and inflate it and float around. It seems like there's all these ideas that I came up with in the first five minutes, but that are not in the game. And what they have in the game, it just seems like you're, instead of using the the floating head as a, as a power or an ability as a boost to your gameplay, it feels like a drag on your gameplay. Mm-hmm. You're constantly, like, babysitting the head and doing all these things to take care of the head, but it doesn't feel fun or empowering. It just feels like a drag. Like, it just feels just like a big fucking hassle honestly and it was just like a real real disappointment to see that after a while i was like i'm i'm done with this it just feels Mm. annoying to play this darn so yeah anyway uh did not work for me i think it's a cool idea but like i think just on the very fundamental level it's got some conceptual problems and it just did not come together for me and i bounced very quickly so anyway that's a bummer because i thought the trailer was cool and it still looks great the art is really nice but uh airhead for me not a win okay let's move on carlos to the skull and bones beta coming from ubisoft this game has been baking in the oven which feels like for 17 years yeah at least ever since black flag assassin's creed black flag um ubisoft has been teasing us with the uh, the idea of a pirate ship game they kind of went to it a little bit in odyssey where you had a lot of uh, ocean going stuff which is pretty good there but it wasn't quite the pirate game that they were they were promising all these years and then finally it becomes skull and bones and then it's like well we thought we we're going to get a single player adventure but then it was like an online multiplayer thing but then they changed course on that as well. I mean it's been a really like long and winding road for this game and uh, many iterations, many different concepts, many changes. And I guess we're finally getting close to release because they they put out a beta, an open beta. It was available on PC, Xbox and PlayStation I dipped in on PlayStation. I'm assuming you dipped in on PlayStation. Yep. All right. Um, I will let you take the lead on this one um, after having gone through that preamble. So I guess fill us in on what you saw and what you thought and just tell us a little bit about Skull and Bones.
1: Asterix before I start. Um, in, our Xbox, <laughs> in our Xbox rumor mill, I said Skull and Bones. I meant Sea of Thieves. Oh, gotcha. Um, so okay. when I was talking about exclusive games coming to PlayStation, I mentioned Skull and Bones. You're like, I think that's coming to everything. And yeah. yes, it is, because the beta is happening at the time of this recording still. So, um, yeah, you have Thieves, which was an exclusive.
0: Similar it, multiplayer pirate theme. Okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. rumors so, is it's coming to PlayStation. Gotcha, um, okay.
1: So, Skull and Bones beta. Um, yeah, all of us have kind of been following along for this a long time. For years, since before my son was born. Yep, before I was born. Um, <laughs> and I actually jumped in because I kind of was just in that vibe. You, you're feeling that moment of... Yeah, I want to build myself up and start a ship. And it just seemed like a cool idea. Yeah. So, uh, and also when I started the game, it showed like a ton of studios working on it. Is th- was it was that like real? literally
0: every Ubisoft studio in existence. It was yeah. like Montreal and Kiev and. Uh, and studios uh, I didn't know they had. Yeah. Like all these other studios. I'm like, dude, what? I don't even know what studio that is. Is that a name of a city? I don't even, I haven't heard that word before. Like it's crazy. T- every Ubisoft person in the world seems like it's touched this game. Yeah.
1: Um, and what is this game? It's third person. Um, uh, game where you kind of basically create and build up a, a a good ship and a crew and a bunch of weapons, and then go and fight other ships. That's the core of it. And then the second part is, because it's third person, uh, when you're walking around on land, you're actually like going around like cities and stuff and towns, and you're you know talking to people and buying stuff and getting resources and. You have like a storage area and there's like campaign stuff. Um, so, yeah, you kind of start out in this uh, real quick battle and it shows you the mechanics. And I was like immediately like, wow, this is fun. I don't know about you, but I was like, this feels fun. Just the ship stuff, uh, right? Trigger just it would seem easy, almost arcadey in a way. And then, you know, you spoiler, you basically have to you start over. You have to lose. You, you can't win lose. that battle, which sucks. yeah And then when you do start over, uh, you have like a teeny, teeny little boat, like a fishing boat, and you're going to like this area and you've got to kind of like, yeah, start over and find resources to do missions to at some point make yourself a boat and then outfit that boat with a bunch of stuff. Um, And yes, there's like some monetization, I think, with the cosmetics. So because it's an online game, you can play with other people. Of course, Carlos never will do that. Um, but you can play this game solo fine. And it definitely has a campaigny mission, unlike another game we'll talk about at some point here. Um, and I kind of, you know, was into it for a very long time. I I thought I would be in there for like five minutes and bounce, Mm -hmm. but I was in there for hours and being like, do I love this? Um, and spoiler is no, I don't. I guess I, at some point (laughs) I kind of got bored and I was like, Oh, I thought I'd, i would just love this but at some point i kind of didn't i'll say the other positive though and you give me your ideas on this but like um at the very beginning you're in a little teeny ship boat or like a little fisherman boat and you have to attack the uh, sharks are attacking you and you have like a little spear and i just thought it was done very well i was like scared and then like i killed the shark you know uh, do you get did you get attacked by sharks in the beginning i did not get attacked oh, by sharks okay. in the beginning. There were sharks, and you're in that little. I saw them boat. in the water, but they didn't bother me. I just kind of just went around them. Oh, but they somehow because I was looking for resources, and that you know, yeah. Hmm. But killing the shark was like really exciting. It was like you know we were circling him. It was like attacking, and anyways, and then yeah, I investigate other ships, and you find notes, and you find resources, and I finally built you know a, a good ship. I think you're supposed to build like one in the very beginning, and I outfitted with cannons. I did a bunch of missions. I attacked a bunch of other ships. I got resources. I got frustrated with the boarding other ships because I thought that was difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you found it difficult, but I... I did I, not board any ships. Oh, I did, and it was hard to do it. Okay. Um, okay. And I wish it was easier. But yeah, in general, that's my my first impressions is that I, I was really in the mood for it when I started. It captured my attention for longer than I thought it would. And I was like, wow, I think... You know, it comes that question of like, am I going to invest a lot of time in this thing? And then I think at the end, I was like, I don't think I am.
0: Well, what turned it around for you? Because it sounded like you were into it. So what was the point at which you decided no? I think it's just the the
1: fact that it's, what is it? 75% or 80% ship combat, right? That's what this game is. Mm -hmm, Like, mm. there was a lot of time where I was in the town and doing stuff. But, you know, you're not like attacking and jumping and dodge rolling as a third person character. You're just... Going around to things Yeah you're just like Walking around right Yeah yeah. If there was a little of that I've been like Almost a little more excited But um, And I, I liked outfitting My ship and everything And when I got out there I could try out My different weapons That I bought And new armor But I guess just Doing the ship to ship I got a little tired Of doing it And then I got frustrated When I couldn't board the ship Because I had to For a mission mm-hmm. And it was like You have to board To get these things And so I just kept failing The boarding and I couldn't turn quick enough, so I just felt like I was going in this very long circle, you know, this big circle to get something. Oh I yeah, get. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The turning radius is the turning radius yeah. is huge. Yeah, um, I liked lots of parts of it. I really did, but like the telescope and everything, and looking at the ships, and but I don't think I'm gonna continue. Your thoughts? Uh, I did not like it like at, at all. all. At yeah, all. I thought so.
0: Yeah, I was actually surprised. It seems, I realize it's a beta, but this is, you know, we don't even use the term beta properly anymore. This is like just a really quick demo preview. Um, I mean, I'm sure they may fix some stuff or whatever, but like it's coming out soon. Um, In fact, we've already gotten solicitation for review code. So that's how close this game is to coming out. And uh, I'm just like, this is rough, dude. It's ugly and it's rough and it's janky and it doesn't feel good to play. And I mean, I just was like, wow, like... I mean, not to second-guess people, I feel like I'm doing a lot of uh, backseat game dev in this particular episode, which I apologize for because I'm not a game dev. But I am an ideas guy. I am a concept guy. I am a guy who can find problems and fix them or suggest fixes or, like, work through ideas. And I just, like, I'm sitting here looking at this game going, I don't like anything that this game is doing. Like, in the beginning when you um, get through the opening cutscene, you lose that battle that you have to lose. I mean, that opening battle was... It was dumb. It was dumb, dude, because you're you're supposed to open the game strong get people interested get them hooked and it was like you're going around shooting at these uh random british ships that just were like cookie cookie cutter copy and paste i'm chasing the big british ship putting like a million cannonballs into it and it's not going down and then like the cutscene pans Mm -hmm. over and there's like a million more of these british cut and paste ships it just was like what this feels like where's all the unique assets like where's all the cool cinematic like this is this feels cheap to me. And and then you, you have to lose, which sucks. And then you get to the game and then you're in this little boat. And you're just like, I see other people, you know, their names uh, above their boats. And I'm like, oh, pff, like, I'm in like this giant MMO lobby where everybody's trying to pick up logs floating in the water and the the ripped sails and stuff. We're all competing for resources. And we're just like, I'm like, this is, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm even supposed to be feeling at this point. Like, I'm in this giant lagoon in my little piddly ass boat picking up logs out of the water and I'm seeing other people doing the same thing that I'm doing and this is not cool or fun I don't feel like a pirate I don't even feel like I'm really getting my adventure off in the right way I just feel like I'm just doing a bunch of busy work and then you get to the the part where you get out of your boat I'm like oh okay well, that's cool maybe you know pirate town the sea, and you're just walking around you're just walking around um get you know talking to people just to get like a quest and the first guy you talk to is like, get me like three bottles of rum and three pieces of wood and three sails. And I'm like, oh, jeez," you know, so I go do that and come back. And the guy is basically like, ha ha, fuck you. And I was mad. And I'm like, well, I want to shoot you now because I hate you. And you can't do anything to him. You can't punch him. You can't stab him. You can't shoot him. You got nothing. You just have to, like, take his abuse and leave. Which doesn't feel good. That that sucks.
1: Wait, I don't and, think I got
0: dissed by that guy. I don't know who that guy is. You're talking about the very first guy when they're like, "Oh, we need to find out where the pirate uh, paradise is." And what's his name oh, knows where it is. Oh, that guy on the island. Yeah, yeah before you yeah, get yeah. to town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he shit talks you, and he like makes fun of you and stuff. And it's that's like, that's right, he does. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I want to kill this guy so bad right now. Um, but you can't do that. And then, you know, just like going around, it just it just felt like very like, oh man, like busy work the game right off the bat. I was like, I'm out. Like I. I like the idea of pirate stuff. Um, I like the idea of having a ship and building it up. And, you know, there's a lot of pirate stuff in um, in um, Shadow Gambit uh, last year, which I really love. That was like a pirate game all about, uh, you mm-hmm. know, being on the seas and stuff. But this this just wasn't it, man. I don't know what's been happening here. And like they had, like you said, 27 different studios that worked on this game. And it just looks really, um, I don't know, just just not great, man. Like none of it looked great to me at all.
1: It, it, a lot of it is expectation, too, because I, I knew that you weren't going to do combat. I've i I'd been following it, you know, so I knew that it was just third person to walk around and get quests. Ugh. And also, I was kind of in the mood to just, like, got to start over and build a new thing, you know? Like, it's just a vibe that I was in the mood for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked – I did, like, you know, attacking the shark and stuff like that. And and I'm expecting a lobby with, like, a bunch of other people with weird name ships to show up. But yeah. I don't think – none of them attacked me. I don't think you could – I think you had to opt into that. because I don't, No, no one attacked me. Yeah, will say that's that. good. Yeah. And so I just kind of knew what I was expecting, you know, or what I was going to get. And I had fun with that aspect of it. Um, but then, yeah, I did definitely get bored finally because I didn't want to do just that. And if they had more stuff on land that I could do that was fun, like you said, any combat at all, um, it would have been cooler, you know. But, yeah, I didn't like – I did not like it as much as you, if that's a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Yeah
0: um but I also probably won't continue yeah i don't know the cool factor just was like in the negative for me like none of it none of it was inspiring to me none of it was exciting to me i just was like it just felt like i could see the grind ahead of me and yes yeah, so i could was see there. that too yeah and i was like i don't want any part of this so maybe well, i'm wrong maybe it'll turn out to be awesome who knows but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna really actively pursue this one myself so
1: we have a couple games in this episode that are grindy so yeah. like yeah you can only do so many grinds you know what i mean so. that's very true yeah exactly
0: so anyway skull and bones that one was all i needed to see i will i'll, I'll, have, I'll be happy to hear people talk about it but it's not something that I'm gonna like jump into. I'm not not looking forward to this one. So.
1: All right. Another ba we better get a winner uh, here soon.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, let's talk about now the long-awaited Helldivers 2. Yeah. Let me let me start and then you can join me, Carlos, if you don't mind. Um so Helldivers 2, uh I guess for a long time I didn't think it was even a thing. And then it kind of came out and kind of surprised me. I was I'm probably one of the world's biggest fans of the original Helldivers. Divers. I, uh, I put probably pretty close to 300 hours into it, which is a pretty significant investment for me. I mean, yeah. I, you know, um, I maxed everything out. I did basically as much as I could do in the game. I didn't realize, as a matter of fact, uh, in prepping for the show today, I went back to the original Helldivers and I didn't even know they actually had kept adding DLC to it. I didn't know it even existed. So I went back and I'm like, oh, snap, there's like all this other stuff I haven't done um, that I can maybe explore at some point. So. Um, but at the time, um, I had done everything there was. I had unlocked everything that there was. I had I had taken the game to the max. Uh, me and my wife um, had done everything, and in fact, uh, I will never forget uh, when we were doing the very final level of Hell Divers. At the time, it was the Hell Dive difficulty, the yeah. hi- the highest difficulty. Mm-hmm. It was she and I, and it, two people wasn't enough to get it done. And so we um, we joined uh, somebody. Uh, he was from I want to say he was from Taiwan, and his PSN name was Chicken Wang. And I will never forget Chicken Wang because how in the world can you forget a name like that? Yeah, Uh, He was fucking cool. He was good. He was excellent. He was on our same level. And the three of us um, were like a good unit for that day, just like we just randomly met and we just worked it out. And we had randos joining us for the fourth slot, maximum squad size four. So it was me, my wife, Chicken Wang were the core of the team. And then we would have people join us and they would be like, oh, this is too hard. I'm leaving. And they would like join and leave and join and leave and join and leave. But we had enough randos show up for long enough that we were able to, to count on them a little bit. And so we got it done. And that was like when we beat the game. It was like huge, huge, like happy day celebration. We were so fucking amazed and just thrilled that we like put the game through its paces. Mm. Um, of course, they came back and added like four more difficulty levels after Helldive, which Jeez. which made me very depressed because it was already fucking hard as hell. Yeah. I don't know how anybody plays that. But anyway. And that was times. a twin stick shooter top down. Yeah, yeah. isometric twin stick shooter. Um, and it was really notable at the time uh, for being squad-focused. Um, you could play a little bit on your own, but you couldn't finish the whole game on your own. You really needed to multiplayer people. had a great multiplayer system, and it also had a lot of really neat aspects, like um, a lot of jingoistic stuff, like pro-democracy. Uh, but it was used in kind of a Starship Troopers, kind of a parody way. Yeah. Uh, also, constant friendly fire. So, like, watching your fire was, like, one of the hallmarks of the game. And also, one of the other hallmarks was the ability to call down um, extra gear from the orbital ships above so like you would get down to the planet you'd have a machine gun and a backpack a grenade or whatever but if you needed something else you could call it down from the ship if you did these little key inputs kind of like fighting game maneuvers and so you could call down like a motorcycle or you could call down a missile strike or you could call down a mech suit and that was really cool and it was also fun because when you call that stuff down you had to be careful because if it landed on one of your teammates it would squash them in a, in a heartbeat and so or yourself or yourself too yeah so it was very very great game uh, one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time. Pretty close to what I would call a perfect game, honestly. Um, I, I think it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Before uh, we leave that, though, yeah.
1: you, you and I were talking about, and I play all these games yeah. that are multiplayer. I play them solo. Yeah. Um, and it's a, 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 an issue. Like, I've got a problem with it at this point where I'm like, <laughs> if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. Um, sure. And so I was just mentioning to you last night while we were playing Hell Divers yeah. 2, which we'll get yeah. to. Which we're getting to. You... um. I, I said that I... Did I say that I beat Helldivers 1?
0: You did, and I said there's no possible way... And now you're now you're you telling
1: me why, uh, or reminding me why I probably didn't, because if you're saying you did, you you beat it with all that kind of stuff and Chicken Wang, I didn't have Chicken Wang, and I didn't have a bunch of randos, and it was just me. So, I, I mean, at some
0: point, I probably just stopped
1: playing that game.
0: I would guess so, because there's literally no way... A single, I mean, you could be the best player on Earth, one of these Twitch streamers with godlike reflexes or whatever, but, like, it's just not enough to have one person like you need four people at max capacity all operate and we had voice chat on too like we were talking like i remember i remember we had mics off because we didn't like to talk to anybody um and there's a lot of emotes and stuff so you can communicate really well but chicken wang he's like he he got into his mic and he's like hey guys we're not going to do this unless we talk to each other and we're like "Eh, okay we'll try and then he was cool and we were cool and it all worked out so all right
1: well, yeah, okay. So I didn't I didn't beat the first one, but I did play a lot of it. I but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you did.
0: So okay, so all that said, it's one of my favorite games of all time, which sets the expectations for Helldivers 2. Um I you know, so what is different between Helldivers 1 and 2? Helldivers 1, isometric, top down. This is a third person behind the back and that perspective change in itself was enough to give me real pause because in this game situational awareness is everything Um, Mm -hmm. you have to know where your teammates are you have to know what enemies are around you you have to know which way you're firing because you can friendly fire kill your 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 people easily you have to know where you're throwing your grenades like there's so much going on in the screen at any time like situational awareness is so important so i was already like huh that's weird i don't know if that's going to work but I paid for it full price. I think I mentioned before I have uh, a lot of love for Arrowhead, the studio. I owe them a lot um, for all the good times I had with Helldivers 1, and I was going to support them regardless. So I bought the deluxe edition, full price, preloaded, which I never fucking do for any game ever. I know. Um, You know, and all that stuff. I wanted to make sure I paid them back for all the good times. So I jumped in, and I will say that uh, it was kind of broken on the first day. This day and a half, matchmaking was not working at all. Um, And I know that that's a common complaint for online games these days, but it's like, man, Helldivers is all about multiplayer. And to have that be borked from day one, from the get-go, was pretty disappointing. Um, So I jumped in, and there's other parts to it as well that I thought were kind of giving pause. Besides the change in perspective, which I think has difficulties, um, I think it's kind of leaning more into games-as-service territory now, which I'm not super a fan of. There's like a Battle Pass... There's multiple currencies. Um, The galaxy map where you get your missions is kind of changed and different. Um, I mean, it's okay. It's okay, but it kind of comes off as kind of a random third-person shooter. And some of the things that I was looking forward to are kind of not there yet, at least. Um, For example, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that was great about Helldivers was being able to call down all these different weapons and abilities and vehicles and stuff. And a lot of the stuff is just straight up not there in the game right now. So I feel like you're kind of limited to running around on foot with a certain number of abilities uh, and weapons. Um, you can unlock a bunch, but then you kind of get to the grind, and that was another thing that kind of gave me pause as well. For the first day and a half, you couldn't group up with anybody, so you're kind of grinding out missions on your own and doing them on your own. On the easiest level, is like the absolute minimum experience. So like the grind was so slow, like earning like one little stat point and or you know one you know hundred dollars of currency or whatever it was. It was like oh my god it's gonna take me forever to like unlock any of this stuff and it just wasn't like that in the first one the first one like was when you completed a level um you know you'd have to do like uh, three missions on one planet once you finished a planet you got the thing it was like a pretty quick progression you could get it really easily if you had good teammates and you had clear goals to shoot for and so it just felt like a really good pace of like unlocking stuff and then you would unlock some stuff and it would be like oh my god i got this new gun it's amazing like it's so different it's cool um, a lot of the stuff I've unlocked in hell so far, feels pretty similar to each other. Like a lot of the guns feel pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I haven't unlocked a lot of stuff that feels wildly different yet. I'm sure that there is some, but it just feels like they've kind of busted the game up into just like this really slow kind of grind progression, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, they eventually did fix the multiplayer. Uh, and so I jumped in with people and I started playing and, and playing with other people makes it better, right? Like you're you're earning, like, four times the experience or, and, the, and the resources or whatever. Um, and then you, ha- you know, just have the camaraderie of being with people in there. I notice every single person has their mic off, which is great. We're not talking. We're just using the emotes or just, like, everybody knows what's up. And and that's fine. Um, and running through levels is fine. But, again, the grind still feels pretty slow. And I don't really feel like there's a lot that I have to look forward to. Um like in the first Helldivers, Divers, would be like, okay, oh look, there's the the mech suit that has the flamethrower attachment. I totally want that. So let's get good at this like fourth planet. And once we finish the planet, we'll get the mech suit, and then that'll that'll be fun, right? But in this time, it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to getting, uh, sixty Xeno samples, which is probably going to take me like thirty missions to do. And then um, I need like 10,000 gold in order to get the thing that I need. And it's just, it doesn't have the same feeling to it. You know, you're like, you're not, the the rewards aren't as quick as tangible, um, which is kind of a bummer. But Well, and the battle pass
1: thing, I don't even remember it being in the first game. There was no battle pass in the first game There wasn't, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like because they have two different battle passes, one you pay for and one that's free, that just adds to it. And it just feels like to that point you're saying, I think the biggest issue for me is it is more grindy. Because that first game, I felt like it was a like, and again, I played the first game solo, and I'm playing this one solo. We'll get to it, but like it just felt like you said, I finished something, even a solo on Helldivers One. Yeah, and then I got that mech suit you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, you can get rewards for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I that's why maybe I feel like I beat it because I I accomplished things in Helldivers One. Oh yeah, yeah, and right now I'm playing solo in Helldivers Two, and I have like you said, new things that I can use. Yeah, but they don't feel that much better.
0: No, And no. the
1: thing that I need, which I'll probably get today if I play it again, um is a super jump. Like there's a really cool yeah, now this changes. Thing. Yeah, this yeah. changes the way I play the game. Yeah. But it took forever to get there. And I played some co-op with you. Yeah. So, yeah. I have my thoughts, but it, yeah. it, I don't think it would ever live up to your expectation anyhow just because, you know, what you had such fun with that first one and it's a different perspective and different type of game, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true, and, and that's why I kind of gave that huge preamble, right? Like, I want people to know where I'm coming from. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I'd never played Helldivers 1, I think I probably would appreciate Helldivers 2 more, but all I see is the places where I feel like it's worse and all of the things that are missing from it and also the difference in perspective. Like, I know what it felt like to play at the highest level with the isometric perspective and what that what that allowed. Like, it let you have total control of the battlefield, total knowledge of what was coming in, and so you could make your choices um and this one it just feels kind of murky and and kind of muddled um i got more to say but let, let me turn over you carlos we did play some multi we can talk about that if you want but like tell me about your experience with Helldivers divers uh and you 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 ponied up for it like the, what standard edition whatever yeah i just paid the regular okay I think it was 30 dollars, so it's like something like that yeah more affordable um like
1: i said i enjoyed the first one um we both played it you played it a lot more than me i obviously didn't beat it I guess, Um, but I felt like I accomplished a lot. You know what I mean? Understandable, yeah. I must have beat a lot of planets and got a lot of shit, and then just got bored. Um, And remind me this. This is helpful for this my review. Is that in that first one, you know, you said you beat it. So a campaign ish thing existed
0: in the first game. Well, in a, in a sense, like there's not really like a story mode, but in the first game, there were a series of planets, right? And so, every difficulty level you could go up. Um, there was like three alien factions. There was the uh, the bugs. There was robots, and then there was like this other like I don't know, cyborgs or something. I'm not even sure what they were supposed to be. They were kind of robot like also. But anyway, um, once you finished the hardest planet of each. game, Group I mean that's all there was there was no more content right so you could you could go all the way up to like the hell dive difficulty finish that there was a boss monster for each each section finish the boss monster finish the hardest difficulty uh, unlock all the stuff and at that point before the DLC that I didn't know existed I mean I had we had beaten all the bosses on all the hardest difficulties we had done all the planets so there and and you can't actually roll credits there's like this kind of like meta progression of all the people playing hell divers working towards quote unquote like liberating the galaxy. And once you had finished all the planets, there was credits that rolled. It was like, oh congratulations, we freed the universe. And then it just kinda resets the whole universe and you just like play again. But yeah, yeah. Okay. You can you can unlock all the stuff and also finish the universe.
1: Yeah. So I guess again, it's like a roast in new glasses or it's just a you know, memory is weird. Maybe I thought there was a campaign. But for me, I've said this on the show before, I need a campaign. I need some sort of story. Yeah. You said it too, like something to keep me going. Yeah. What's the reason why I'm fighting all these robots and stuff? And this is more of the same then. It's more of the same of the first game, which is it's just to play the game. Like just to, in quotes, have fun and have fun with other people. Like that's what this game is. I saw a YouTube video before I started this show um, that said Helldivers 2 is mid and it's young person talk. Uh, you know, mid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. I really do feel like it is mid because it's there's fun to be had. I think it's a third-person version of the first game. Um, I also don't, I mean, maybe you didn't say this, but I don't like the uh, having to know what's going around you, situational awareness, that's what it is, Um, because I just get fucked. Like so many times a bug will just hit me. And I had no idea where it was coming from. Right. And by the way, I don't think there's a fucking radar for the monsters and robots.
0: No, you know, that was one of my big problems, too. So, like, in the first Helldivers, you're isometric. So you can see anybody approaching you from from top down. But in this one... I'm constantly getting um, jacked from behind or the side because yep. you can't see them. And you're right. There is no radar. Not not like a map radar, but like um, damage indicator. Like if someone's behind you, there should be like a little red arrow saying, hey, someone's behind you.
1: Or just show the enemies on the fucking radar. I think yeah. it's fine. You have a yeah. million you have to kill anyhow. Um, I just didn't like that. Like that's my first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, this is, it's hard. Here's the thing. It's hard, but not hard because it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to manage that bullshit. That's what makes me frustrated. It's not that I can't do this. It's that I don't even know where they're coming from. Yeah. And then you fucked me. You know what I mean? Like, that's not fair. Anyways. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you like that. No, no, Um, no. That's just, it's not fair, I don't
0: think. Well, I kind of agree. I think that in the shift from isometric to third person, you can't, like, they don't give you enough to compensate, right? Like, when you can see the entire screen, then you can get away with not having... Um, enemy indicators right because you can see them everything that's on screen is on screen it's Mm -hmm. just you can see it at a glance but when you are limited to your forward field of vision you don't know what's behind you and so you know traditionally Helldivers has, has always had a map but it's a map where you have to open it up and when you open up the map you can't do anything else you have to like stop and look at your map which is fine that's part of the challenge but in this particular game I don't think that quite translates as well because um even though now you can move when you have the map open but also you just you can't see what's going on and so i was i'm constantly feeling like i don't have good awareness of what's going on i, I can't see the objectives um which kind of like goes to my other um other, my, my other complaint is like in the top down perspective it was very clear to see where you where your target was where your secondary objectives were like what you're doing you could see that but now it's like now that you're walking around in third person I'm often, like, I can't see the thing I'm looking for. Like, I'm like, what, where's the Where's the item I'm trying to find? Or, like, where's the Where's the hotspot I'm supposed to find? It's just kind of murky and muddled, and I, I kind of miss the clarity. I wish that more things were called out. Um, maybe that would be more gamey, which I guess would be fine. Like, I think this is just about playing the game, like you said, enjoying being with other people and kind of putting it through its paces. Yeah. I'm not here to, like, immerse myself in the universe or whatever. I'm here to just, like, shoot some bugs and have a good time. Um, and I think that I don't know. I, I just feel like in the translation, they haven't quite grasped what made the first game work so perfectly and how to translate those same elements to this one. I think they're missing a few tricks right now.
1: Well, like you're saying, if it was a campaign story and it was you want to be a fully immersed in this world without any like markers and stuff, that makes sense, I guess, right? But it's not that. It's not a campaign. It's like just have fun. Yeah. And so just give me all the tools I need, which is a freaking radar map. Um, the other thing I don't like is the fact the only dodge and you're constantly being attacked, is a jump to prone, which is, I think, insane. Um, I I never never really ever shot prone. I guess maybe multiplayer, you have one person up doing sniping, maybe that's why you'd do it. But jumping into a laying down position, it seems terrible in this game. Um, There's monsters. There's everything attacking you. I didn't use it. Did you
0: use it? Um, I mean, I... No, not in this one. I did use it a lot in the first game, um, but for different reasons, right? I think in the first game, because friendly fire was always on, sometimes somebody would be shooting and so you'd be like, okay, I'm going to hit the dirt because my wife is going to be letting the laser cannon go, so I'm going to go down to get out of her line of fire. Maybe I'll set up an automatic turret and in this game, the turrets are really effective, but they do not differentiate between friend and foe. So if you throw up a turret and it starts shooting and you're in the line of fire, you're going to get shot. So I would... In the first game i would very often dodge to get to let bullets go over me that was very effective i don't think it quite works the same way here it's really not effective and i agree with you i think a dodge roll would be would be better um and like you said also the jump pack which helps increase your mobility it's it's way down the list of stuff to unlock it takes you forever i haven't unlocked it yet even yeah i'm not i'm not sure that i'm even that close to it yet it just takes way too long um so i feel like some of the things that made a lot of sense in isometric don't make as much sense in third person, and they haven't really given you enough to compensate for it, which I think is kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, and um, that dodge that, that prone thing you talked about. So we played together, which we never do. Yeah, and um, it was fun. I mean, I you know it was it was okay time. Um, <laughs> like we you know we landed on the robot planet. And I didn't mean to, and so we got like wiped or early on. But um, we can't, we made a comeback and we beat still beat that mission. But we did. In general. It's funny because, like, I noticed that in that match, one of those matches where, like, I set the turret up and I got killed by my own turret. And then, of course, I shot you immediately in the back. You did. You shot me twice. You killed me twice. Yeah, twice. Because I don't understand playing with people in that because I was just playing solo. So I think that, again, if it's just to have fun, and you might disagree with me, but, like, just turn off friendly fire. Don't let my turret kill me. Like, it's supposed to be funny moments, but when you're grinding and you just get blown up by your own turret and your own landmine for the fifth time, it's not fun anymore. Like, that's not like, oh, it's cool. My arms got blown off. That's cool, like, a first few times. But, yeah, I just think that this game would be, I for me personally, would have more longevity if it was just like, just let me do the moves and don't have me worrying about the realistic, you know, implications if my buddy or my own turret kills me. I don't know. For sure. me, that's... It adds no value, um, and I think I would have had more fun with you if I wasn't worrying about that, because I, I, I could just have, had fun.
0: I will have to hard disagree. Okay, hard
1: disagree. That's fine. Why that's you- one
0: of the defining characteristics of this game. Was like part of the challenge is actually managing your fire and being really mindful of where you're setting up resources, where you're setting up mines, where you're going to launch that rocket, where you're going to throw that grenade. Ugh. That is absolutely like that's like one of the core core tenets of this game it always has been and that was like one of the things that made it notable was because so many people were expecting it to be no friendly fire just like run and gun whatever but there's a million of those like this is one where you had to actually be very tactical very measured with your shots like really figure out what you're doing um and so that's that's one thing that i do like about it i do i do appreciate how you have to be cautious use your head like you can't just spray and pray all the time like you got to be really watching what you're doing but i do feel like um It doesn't quite, it's not quite there yet. I don't think it's quite there yet in this game. Um, For example, the mines. Um, You use the mines, I use the mines, and, you know, I used them in the first game, used them in the second game. Like, a turret comes down, it sprays a bunch of mines, and when bugs walk on it, they blow up. And if you walk on them, you also blow up. But I don't think they are clear enough to see on the ground. Like, and that's one of the things, right? Like, in Isometric, when you would spray the mines out, you could see them, no problem. Like, you knew exactly where they were, so you could dodge them. But in this one, because it's now third person behind the back, it's it's really tough to see them sometimes. Oh so, yeah, I walked into
1: the dropship yeah. and I blew it before I got into the dropship because it was around the corner. You know, it was like by the yeah, the, the yeah. wing of the ship, and I couldn't see it.
0: Yeah, I feel like they need to just like surface some stuff and make it more visible, um, so that you. I mean, I don't care about gaminess or realism or whatever. I just want it to be really playable and effective. And I feel like we're not quite to the, the playably effective um, part right now. I feel like it's. It's not quite there. So, anyway, I do All I right. do appreciate the friendly fire. I like that, and I do like some parts of it. And there is fun to be had here, right? Um, but I just feel like there's just, like, a lot of little irritations, um, and also it, the servers are still not reliable right now. I tried to get on this morning to refresh my memory before the show for Helldivers 2, and I can get in. I couldn't get in last night. I couldn't get in this morning. Server error. So, again, it's offline. Um, I don't know what's going on, um, but my uh, my son is playing on PC. He's doing fine over there, so I'm not sure what's wrong with the PlayStation version, but it just feels really rough. But like we always say, the best time to play a game is always at least six months after launch, and I feel like that's going to be triple true now. Um, you know, the developers have talked. They're going to add some of the stuff that's not in there. Um, they're probably going to be adding more features. Um, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't seem activated yet. There's places in the hub where you can see there's going to be like an option for something there, but it's not there yet. So I feel like it's... Real soon. like this is just like the opening salvo. I feel like in six months, I bet a lot of the things that I don't like are gonna be fixed or at least changed or polished. I bet there's gonna be more content. I bet there's gonna be more stuff to do. They'll probably, you know, re rescale the economy and stuff. So probably, I mean, real talk, it's probably the worst possible time to be playing it is right now. um, and I bet in six months, it's just all around better is my is my feeling. But a ton of people are
1: playing it. So it's like it's pretty popular. you know, like people are really enjoying this kind of craziness uh, that it offers and yeah to your point like it's interesting and fun and i do remember from the beginning uh the first game of like just random shit happening and that's the fun of it yeah. But for some reason in this third person i just didn't care for it as much i mean it just kept being more of a, a nuisance than funny to me like i was just like oh geez you know and i only have like two guys left or whatever my last thing i'll say is that as you know and i've alluded to i'd play in this game solo i play a lot of multiplayer games solo um and yeah like there if there's no ending to this game i'm probably not going to play very long i'll just like put it down for a while and see what comes later down the road but you and me were playing and you mentioned that we were on easy there's actually trivial and then easy and then normal um trivial is not even trivial playing solo like even trivial was kind of difficult in the beginning yeah yeah for sure and then easy was harder but i started getting a like a process, like as solo, you like put a turret down, put your minds down, you know, and I was starting to really get into that. So long story short, at the end of our gameplay session, you mentioned, um, well, you couldn't play it on medium. You'd be fucked. And I go, well, that's a challenge. (laughs) So I just thought I'd mention on the show that I did play medium as soon as she said that. And we got off the call and I beat it, but it was really, really hard. Yeah. I was down to my last person and it was actually kind of fun. Because I was like, it was like a super crazy challenge. Yeah. Almost yeah. sounds like the chicken wang situation where I was like oh, all these monsters and, you know, just no way Carl's going to do it by himself. His last turret, last piece of ammo. And I got on the ship. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying that I did it. So you can do it medium solo. I probably can't get past that though.
0: But see, it sounds like in that instance right there, it sounds like you have scratched on the fun that is Helldivers, right? Because it was really hard. You 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 by the skin of your teeth, you made it. Your last turret, your last life available. You pulled it off and then you probably felt pretty good after doing that, right? You're like, ah, oh, I made it. I did this thing that Brad said I could do and I got past I mean that's that's kind of like what they're going for. Like with the friendly fire and the intense difficulty and all this stuff. I mean that was what made the first game so great was when you did it, you felt fucking amazing because you knew how hard it was. And, and that, I think, is really what they're going for. Um, I don't know that they're there quite yet, but it seems like you kind of touched on it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting, and I'm glad that you gave me that challenge and I went to do it to, to feel that feeling. The thing is, that said, with the grind, with the battle passes added, and with the abilities that I don't feel are there yet, um, I still don't want to do that again. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, no, yeah, I, I don't want to go through that literal, pun intended, hell because I don't feel well equipped to do that. And when yeah. I get my super jump, which by the way, I'm like one, like maybe three missions away from doing it, getting okay. it, then maybe, yeah, I'll revisit it and see how good I'm doing. But I don't know. That's it. Long, long uh, review. I don't know. I, I still think it's mid. I think it's kind of like it has these really cool moments, but it has a lot of
0: other detractors for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. As like one of the world's biggest Helldivers fans, I I definitely agree. I think there's, there's fun to be had. There's a few cool moments. But there's a lot of stuff that I feel like is not optimal and I want it to be fixed or changed and I just like it's it's not there yet. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm not gonna delete it. I'm not gonna but I'm also not gonna grind it every day either. I mean I'll drop in for like a mission or two, you know, a couple times a week or something, see how the progress of it's going, see what they change, see what they add, and I'll I'll keep, you know, I'll keep noodling away at it. But I I don't at this point I do not feel like as addicted to it as I did the first time around. So we'll see. Alright, that was Helldivers 2. I'm sure we'll talk about that more. If nothing else, I'll talk about it when the mech suits finally show up because I'm very much looking forward to that. But uh, In the meantime, let's talk about something else that is rumored to have some grind. Carlos, the Suicide Squad. Everybody in the world is bagging on this game right now. Um, I have not played it. The developers did not send us a code for review. Uh, so That, in general, is not a great statement to make when you don't want to pass out code. Uh, So whatever um it happens uh but you know lots of people are 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 making a cottage industry out of tearing this game down so i am very much looking forward to your firsthand impressions and thoughts and opinions on suicide squad
1: and the only reason i picked it up because of course you know um there's a lot of like you said discourse going on around the game and negatively and um you know lots of times i do buy a game because people are saying bad things about it because i go Well, there's probably an alternative opinion here. But secondly, I saw a bunch of different YouTube videos playing it going like, man, this reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy, which was one of my favorite games of all time.
0: Uh, Did you ever finally play that? I did play it and I thought it was really good, but it was like way longer than I thought it was gonna be. So I ended up getting like halfway and then I stopped. But I oh. I do want to come
1: back to it. I did enjoy it. I thought it was quite good. It's quite phenomenal and especially in the voice acting and the and the drama and the it's intense. Anyway, so when people started talking like that, because Rocksteady is obviously still good, they're a great developer. Yes, they made a live service game. Yes, there's a lot of grind in it, but there's a core campaign that's like ten hours long. And so that's what interested me. Enough YouTubers were saying like hey, this shit is really good. Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy that they had to make a live service game. Think Redfall, right? You have those developers who aren't known for, like, making a live service game, and then they have to make it, and it fails. And then you're like, okay, well, then that's probably the same thing that's going to happen again, you know? Like, Rocksteady made Arkham games, and, like, that's a one-player game. But um, I'm here to say that, yeah, the campaign's really fucking good. Like... The voice acting, the animation they did with all the, you know, the Suicide Squad is incredible. Like it's top notch, it's Guardians of the Galaxy level, it's it's above that, it's like Last of Us or whatever. It's like phenomenal. And you, you know, you play, so i playing solo, and there's four people on the Suicide Squad, uh, the shark, um, the boomerang guy, uh, Deadshot, and Harley
0: Quinn. Let, let me stop you for one second. Because yeah. I think something that I want to clarify, or that we need to clarify, um, so like in contrast to Helldivers, which has always been like, it's like squad of four. You should expect that. That's the base way to play. Is that the base way to play for a Suicide Squad? Like, are you, is the developer's premise, we expect you guys to play in four, teams of four or six or whatever it is. Or is there just like a campaign that you can solo through? I know that you're going to solo through regardless, but I'm talking about like, what is, what is the um, suggested retail price of this game? Not retail price, but like the serving size of this game. What are developers saying? we expected to play as like four, three, two, one. Like what is, what's the yeah?
1: Plus? I was actually getting right to that, okay, which is that you. there are four characters and they all play. And they, if you play solo, they are just bots.
0: Okay. Got you. All so right. that's
1: it. So it's a four player it's game. It's always four. Okay. It's got always you. four because it's a suicide squad and they're going to show up in every cutscene, Right. So, and you want the banter. Like that's, it's similar to guardians of the galaxy. Like you're playing along or like final fantasy uh, 15 or something. You're playing along and the characters are talking to each other and they're ribbing each other, you know, and it's good. Some of it's really funny. Uh, the shark, by the way, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy is so similar to what's his butt in Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, Groot. Groot and King Shark? No, not Groot. Um, the other guy who's... Uh, Drax. Drax. He's a... It almost sounds exactly like him and like his same jokes. Like, I don't get this humor, you humans, you know? Like, it's the same kind of humor. And... It's funny. Like, a lot of it's actually really good. And so that banter is always happening. And so if you're playing solo, you're just picking the person you want to play as. Now, they, again, want you to switch sometimes for bonuses or whatever. Like, you know, if you play as this character in this section, you're going to do really well or whatever. I said, fuck off. I'm playing solo as one character, and that's it. So I'm playing as Harley Quinn. Okay. Super fun. Uh, Each one, each character has a different moveset, which is, you know... The shark has a rail gun and jumps up in the air really high and smashes. They all had their own thing. Deadshot's a sniper, um, but I picked Harley Quinn because she has she's fast. You know, me and dodge rolling and jumping around and sliding. She uses a batarang, uh, not batarang, like a bat swing thing. So it's like she, she stole stuff from Batman. So it's basically like she's got a grappling hook that can go in this in the sky anywhere she wants. Okay, so she's very mobile and it's super fucking fun. Like it's really good the mechanics in the game is just like perfect. Like it's really good and fun and just feels fluid. But the main reason I like it is again, there's grind to be had. You can see the grind, which people can point out, like you shoot a bunch of purple dots on things. Cause the story is Brainiac took over the city and you're just in this huge city and you got to fight a bunch of monsters and bad guys. Right. Um, and so the grind is there all the time, but if you just go to the main missions there's a ton of story, like you know. Is, there's this,
0: a, is it like open world? Are you selecting missions from an open world, or yeah, how does that work? it's a huge okay. city.
1: Okay, it's uh, everybody. All the humans are gone, essentially. They're all killed or something. But and it's kind of an alternate timeline, so whatever. And the general story, if you haven't heard, is that Justice League, a lot of them have been turned evil by Brainiac, and so they're terrible. And you got to go kill them. The whole name of the game is Justice League or Suicide Squad squad kills the Justice League so you're supposed to kill you know Flash and Green Lantern because they're all evil but again this whole thing exists in an alternate timeline so it doesn't matter what happens right like it doesn't matter what happens
0: yeah and this is not going to affect the other IP releases it's not going to stop uh, a new Batman game from being made Poison Ivy isn't
1: Poison Ivy she's a different version of a Poison Ivy got you so anyways so you know that although Harley Quinn looks just like Harley Quinn and um Yeah, so you're walking around a city, you see a million things like Riddler has Riddler Riddler things, just like in Arkham, like Riddler puzzles. Oh, yeah. Um, Monsters are everywhere, bad guys are everywhere, so you can just start fighting and leveling up. There's leveling and all that kind of stuff. But I just do enough. I kind of grind a little bit for fun because it is a fucking fun game loop. And then I go just do the missions. And again, it's just a ton of story even though it's only supposedly a 10-hour campaign, I've been playing for about six, seven hours. Okay. And, yeah, I just got a lot of story already, and I really enjoy seeing what, you know, this ragtag group of bad guys, bad girls, uh, are going to do. And so I don't know know how to explain it. I would just say that, like, the camaraderie and the characters, the story bits, the action, the only con is that when they go over-the-top action – it's like I don't even know how I'm doing it. It's like I'm in the Matrix, you know? It's like I'm just hitting buttons, and I, I'm i hoping and praying that I'm going to win, you know?
0: Is it because there's too much stuff going on? There's screen? just too much shit, yeah. Okay, and it's like
1: you. it's not every mission. If you're just fighting regular people on the map, it's fine. But if they'll give you like a Sir, protect this area bullshit or like, you know, go hit this lever, and there's going to be 8 million guys there, those moments suck, and it's like, it feels live game live service gamey and you're like, I don't want to do I I don't want to do this too many times. But the main missions aren't really like that too much. So it's like you don't have to do that every time. Okay. Yeah, in general, I don't know. I just took the alternative opinion. I listened to some YouTubers I cared about and, and trusted their opinion. And it really does feel like at the core, just the campaign feels like Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's fun. And it's funny. And I like it. Like, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. But once I finish, will I do the grind? Probably not. Um, I'll put it down like Helldivers 2 and go like, maybe I'll come back to it. But I'm dedicated to finishing it because I really do like what they're telling me in this story. You know,
0: it's interesting. Well, that's a good comparison. You know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was was definitely a really excellent game. I liked it a lot. I mean, I just didn't finish it because of, of review responsibilities and stuff, but I had a great time and I always plan to come back to it. So, with that as as a touchstone, I think it makes a lot more sense. Um, so, I guess I guess I haven't been following this at all, and we I guess we don't really need to get into it if you don't want to. But, like, what are the main complaints that people are having? Because it sounds like you're having a fun time just taking it as it is for the story mode and, and that kind of thing. Like, what are the what are the big problems that people have with it? Just the grind or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a huge discussion we could have a whole episode for, but, like, you know, expectations we talk about all the time. If you want Rocksteady to make another Arkham game, this isn't that game, right? So you're already pre-mad. Right, right, right. This has a lot to do with the Xbox news, too, and stuff like that, right? Like, it's just a lot of life is expectation. And so I think just a ton of people are like, we don't want this game, we don't want grind, we don't want a gun that does like 10% more damage. And I get it. Like, I don't want a gun that does 10% more damage either. That said, I just got a legendary uh, like SMG that's amazing and makes the game more fun, so I don't know. But yeah, I just think that's the main thing is people are like, I don't want this. I don't want to pay for things. There's obviously monetization and costumes. So all this stuff just gets people pre-mad. Yeah, And there's so much of this industry, this is the, the separate episode someday, at, there's so much of not industry there's so much of gamers in general right now on the planet who are pre-mad <laughs> you know they're like already ready to be upset about stuff right, right, right and i feel like we should just fucking chill the fuck out as an audience in general and just like don't like just go try things sure, um, sure so i think that's how my opinion is when i hear stuff on the internet i just like well let me try it Yeah, And that's why a lot of times I have alternative opinions because yeah, I don't listen to the fervor. I don't join the angry mob with their sticks and on fire. Um, That Simpsons thing is a perfect thing where Simpsons has a mob that shows up and they're all yelling the same thing and they don't even know why they're yelling it. Um, I think that's a lot of it because it's a, it's a pretty fun uh, game loop. The grind doesn't really affect you too much. If you're just playing the mission, by the way, a bunch of get good gamers won't put this on easy mode, but I sure as fuck will. Oh yeah, just
0: put it on easy mode. Because are you fucking
1: crazy? So if you don't, then maybe you're having a hard time with it because you're like, oh, this is super bullet spongy, you know?
0: Right. And I'm like,
1: I got a legendary SMG, like I just said, and I take out enemies and I'm finding the loop fun because the gameplay is actually fun, but I'm not like having this, I'm not doing it super hard difficulty. Uh, and that makes things bullet spongy anyways I, I think the short answer is that people's expectations were they're you know a, for a different game and and also you got to just like um who is it who made hellblade i oh, know hellblade um uh oh my goodness the failed um xbox game come on the vampires
0: oh uh, i know what you're talking about uh, arc, uh... Uh, oh my god. I know, it just, it just left you, our you gave me the brain poison. I it's said Hellblade. Uh, I fucked it up. No, but it's uh the vampire one. I know what you're talking fall, about. The, something fall. F- Deadfall. Uh, well, wow. how do we not know this name? Oh my god. Did we just drop
1: realities and it it's like the uh, so Baron scene something bears. else?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Redfall. Redfall, red Redfall.
1: I knew there was fall. Jeez. Anyways, but you know, like they're like, hey, Arcane, you know, wasn't supposed to make this type of game. So I think it's a lot of that kind of conversation. But if you just play the game and you play it on story and you just play for the story, there's a lot of really good stuff to be had here. And I feel like Rocksteady did a really good job with what they were given. You know what I mean? Sure. They are like, they were told to do this because they want, you know, companies want to make them make money. But I think they made something really cool.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't dipped in, like I said, they didn't send us a code or anything, so uh, I'm not going to put any money down on this right now, but maybe when it comes to, on sale or game pass or who knows what at some point i will cross paths with this game we'll check it out i mean i definitely agree with taking a game on its own terms and not getting caught up in the mob mentality at the same time i do feel like there's a certain threshold where we're just tired of getting jerked around with the same bullshit like the same game as a service bullshit the same like grindy bullshit the same you know like sometimes when i just like see like like a guy gets a gun and then the next gun is like 0.2% better. And the next gun is like 0.2% better. It's like, I just have to roll my eyes at that stuff. And sometimes I just don't want to engage with some of that stuff. So I can understand why some people were kind of like had their shields up before this game even came out, knowing that it was going to be this kind of a grindy sort of thing. But, but like you said, if there's fun to be had, just go through the story mode. Don't worry about progression and stuff. Then that's fine too. Uh, But that, that's also kind of touching on a whole other podcast discussion about bad trends in design in the industry, bad monetization trends and stuff like that. But we can, uh, we can tackle that on another day.
1: Yeah, it's there. I mean, like the when I first was gonna upgrade my weapon, instead of an upgrade, it was um, re-roll. And I was like, uh, "Fuck you, dude," because yeah. I don't want to take a chance. That's again very live servicey, weird. Uh, yeah, I don't want to take a chance, you know. So I didn't re-roll my fucking weapon, you know. But um, I did. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't. Know. I'm just like, going for the story, and I'm having fun with it. So what's there is cool. Uh, the other live server stuff, I'm just going to try to not engage with. So Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, let's circle back. Let me know if you finish it. Let me know your final thoughts, um, you know, if you finish it, and we'll just kind of we'll see where you end up. Okay, we'll do. One final game before we bounce. This is my backlog game for the show here, uh, Road Warden. Uh, it's on PC, believe it or not. So I'm playing what? a PC game. Yes, I. Uh, I will say I'm kind of cheating because I put it on my son's laptop and i'm playing it like upstairs like right before bed so i don't have to be in my office space or anything i can just be on in my in my comfortable lazy boy chair under a blanket sipping hot cocoa and playing this pc game Hmm. uh, which is a good way to go good way to go um i bought this game last year and i was really looking forward to it um and it's pretty interesting so far. What is Road Warden? I feel like it is a visual novel version of The Witcher, kind of a little bit, okay. where um, it's heavily text based. In fact, 90% of this experience is reading. Um, and so you start off the game, you play as a Road Warden, who is a guy who's responsible for this territory. You got to go around and um, solve problems, make the roads safe for people, stop by each village, see what's going on in the village. If they got problems, you got to help solve it. You're kind of like the the government representative for this like outlying area. And so you're like the, I don't know, the sheriff or the, the peacekeeper basically for this like area. So that's your, that's who you are. Um, The game is really cleverly put together because when you start off, there's all these choices where as you are reading the text, you get to make a choice about who you are. Like, um, you know, be like, hi, I'm the road warden. And then like of your choices, it'll be like, I'm really tough and scary and I don't take any nonsense or, I'm really friendly and i want to like cooperate with people or i'm really aloof and no one knows what i really think and so like as you choose these options it kind of like fills in the world and fills in who you are and what kind of character you want to be and there's a pretty good leeway for how you want to play things which is pretty neat Um, it must have been a real herculean effort to be able to write as much text as in this game while also allowing for all the choices um i think the presentation is actually pretty cool uh, the main portion of the screen is text. There's, And again, there is a lot of text. If you don't like to read, don't play this game because this game is like 90% reading. But on the left side of the screen, it's like divided in thirds. Left third is a very basic pixel art picture of like where you're at. Like the town, a tower, a bridge, woods, whatever. And they're very simple and basic, but they also are pretty effective in kind of setting the scene. So I really like... The usage of these really basic graphics. I think it really helps a lot. The middle section is the text where you read uh, basically a book and then choose your choice at the bottom of it. And then the right side is like your stats. You have like inventory, quest log, um, different choices. And they also tell you stuff about your person, uh, how much, how full you're feeling, how tired you are, how dirty you are. Because if you look like a weirdo scrub who just rolled in from the woods, people are way less inclined to like be friendly with you. And so, but if you're like well-dressed and you look like you just had a shower, then people are like, oh, you look like someone respectable. I will, I will talk with you. And so that can kind of color some of your, um, interactions with people. And by the way, real quick, that, re- this reminds me of those, um, those, uh,
1: books, the like the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. 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 Lone Wolf was one of them. Yeah. And a bunch of them were the book itself, our younger listeners won't know this, but the book itself had these sheets you're talking about. Yeah. Like- it's like a character sheet you know what i mean
0: like with like all the stats on it yeah you're exactly right i think lone wolf is probably a really close analog to this chooser and adventure in a a general sense um fighting fantasy in a general sense as well there's been a few books like that where you read the book but you're also playing the book and i think that's really a cool thing to do so that's kind of what this feels like it feels like a playable book but now it's in electronic video game form um so i started this game Pretty into it, like feeling like okay, this is great. I'm reading these descriptions. I'm the road warden. I can kind of imagine myself as being this guy out in the woods. Um, I, I make choices that kind of give myself a back backstory, and I, I meet people. Um, and I think it's so. On one sense, I think it's kind of like a masterpiece. Like I think it's really brilliant. I think the writing is generally really good. I feel like the way that all these things articulate together is really clever. Like all the inventory, how it comes into. All the choices and the little map screen on the end is really cool. I think it's just, it's really, really well done. I think it's really good. But I will say that it's not like a home run for me. Um, and I think part of it is just like the lack of visuals, which is also this game's strong suit. Um, I feel like I, I'm, I don't know how far I am. I am. I'm, I'm half, maybe less than half, something like that. And I feel like I'm having a hard time in my mind keeping track of things because there's nothing for me to see. Like, it's all in my mind's eye. And that's different from a book, because in a book, you know, an author's writing it. They know the pacing. They know what you what you already know as the reader. They know what they're going to tell you. They bring back characters and, and all this stuff. But in this game, you're going to, like, a village. You might meet four or five or six people in a village, and you got to remember who's doing what. And then you go to the next village. There's more people there. And then you have to remember the name places of where you were. And then where you're going, and like what is your goal? And I feel like it's a lot to remember.
1: Is there a note section? Because there were notes in those books that i
0: was yeah. No, there is. There's like a journal that keeps your quests, uh, active quests, and there's like a glossary or something like that where you can look up the names and everything. But it's just it's just like a lot to manage, and I feel like I'm having to work a lot to keep all this stuff in my active memory to remember what am I doing? Where am I going? And the worst part about this is, is that, um, you know, I put it down for a day or two. I got busy with work, like real life work. Uh, I walked away for two days, came back to it and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't remember Mm. where I left off. I don't remember what I'm doing. Where am I? What's going on? And like, um, I just, it's, it's a lot to keep in your active memory at once. And there's no real visuals. I wish that they used, just a little bit more visual. I get that this is a visual novel and they really lean into the novel part, but I wish like when you were in town and they show these cool pictures of the map and the town on the left side of the screen, it would be great if they had like character portraits or, you know, just something there to kind of help jog your memory a little bit. Like I find like I'm forgetting things. I mean, granted, I'm an old guy, got a lot going on, got a lot of stress in my life. I got work. I got a kid, you know, like I'm busy. I'm not just like, hanging out at home playing this one this one game for hours on end. It's like I play when I get time, play when I'm right before I go to bed, probably not the best time to play this. play after I've been away for a couple days and I just it's really difficult to keep it straight and real talk I, I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything, but like I almost feel like there's too much writing in this game. I feel like I wish the um sections were shorter, more to the point more to the point and more concise where, I feel like sometimes there's there's just too much text to read and my brain is kind of like, okay, but what's what's the important part here? I get that you're doing these colorful descriptions of people and their clothing and the the town and stuff, and that's all cool. But like I feel like this is a big ask for me personally. And like to go through these walls of text and then I get to the end of it, I'm like, okay, but what was, damn it, what was the takeaway here? Like, What was I supposed to pick up from this? Um, I just feel like it's a lot. It's a lot to keep in your brain and I don't know that my brain has enough space for it right now. So, I don't know. If I was younger and I had less going on in my life and I had more time to just sit and play this for like three, four hours at a time, I think that might be a better way to go. But in my busy lifestyle right now, I'm, I'm struggling with it. But that's to say, I do think it's a really high quality product. I think it's a really outstanding and notable product and I like it a lot. I definitely respect it for sure. I just don't know that I am the right person to be playing this game at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It kind of reminds me of the Gene Wolfe book I I brought up on one of these uh, podcasts. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You brought it up, yeah. Shadow
1: and Claw, where you're like, uh, you have to remember shit, and you don't know what you're gonna forget and what they're gonna introduce new things. So, yeah, uh, interesting.
0: I like it a lot. Um, I'm gonna keep playing it. I'm chipping away a little bit at, at a little bit every day, and I hopefully I'm gonna roll credits on this. Um, but I just it is it is a struggle. I feel like my brain is being taxed to the max, and I've got. Like I said, a lot of other stuff going on. So it's not like this is the only ask on my brain right now. So yeah. uh, we'll see. It's just like I just I logged in last night and I'm like, oh, my God, what is even happening? I do not remember. Let me click through some text and maybe that'll remind me. Nope. And now I don't know where I'm at and I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I'm in trouble. I'm drowning a little bit, but we'll see. I'll see if I can pull it out and uh, we'll go from there. So anyway, right. definitely cool, though. I definitely like it. I just maybe not the right fit at this moment. So yeah, cool concept. All right, folks, that is it for the main portion of the show. We've got through a lot of games. We're about to bounce, but before we do, we just have a couple non game things to mention. Um, not much for me this week, Carlos, just one thing. How much do you have to mention?
1: Yeah, just one thing. Uh, I'm watching Griselda on, uh, Netflix. It's like, I think from the same people who made Narcos and it's very similar. So if you like Narcos, You'll like this. Um, it's fucking incredible. Like, it's really good.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. Give me a little bit so I can now, let me type figure in Chris out what this is about. So
1: I can get the description. Uh, I mean, it's
0: drama, comedy. What yeah, is sci-fi? it's based on a, is... a
1: real um, person, a woman. Uh, I think she was known as the Black Widow and the Cocaine Godmother of Miami uh, in the 1970s. And it is, oh my goodness, come on. Get the uh, the actress's name. She's from doo, 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 doo. no no come on Sophia Sophia Vergaria you know oh yeah that, she was yeah. from Modern Family Modern yeah. Family yeah but she's wearing a fake nose and some things which you can't tell like it t- took me a long time to be like oh I think she looks different um, so I think she's kind of in a little bit of makeup to get closer to the actual woman and yeah it was it's about her kind of starting from nothing and trying to leave she left her husband who is terrible. And goes to Miami and kind of wants to start over, but you know, she's really good also at like managing people and wants to find a way out. So she starts selling Coke, but also working with all the different people and fighting against other people there who are trying to sell, you know, Coke in Miami in the seventies, but it's just well acted intense. Um, each episode feels great. Like you have a resolve at the end. Um, it's awesome. I'm just hooked and I'm going to finish it up
0: tonight. So so lighthearted family comedy.
1: Lighthearted family comedy about cocaine in the in the seventies in Miami. In Miami, okay. but it's like really fucking good. Like it's really well produced and acted and stuff. And I, I I guarantee if you're into Narcos, you'll like it.
0: I have never seen Narcos, so I don't know that I like it, but okay. I will
1: I will make a mental note of it. And before I one more thing for you personally, Brad, and okay. anybody listening, on YouTube I just found this. It's five hours of just
0: channel surfing uh, Saturday morning cartoons in the 90s. Oh, it's funny you say that because I literally just last night, my son and I were watching um, every – it's a YouTube series – every 80s cartoon intro ever. Okay, so it's like, very it's similar, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like eight hours of just the intro, and they start in alphabetical, so they start in the A's, and then you go all the way through, and it's just intro after intro after intro after intro. And Amazing. a lot of them, I'm like – good memories and fun memories. A lot of these, I'm like, I, what the fuck? I don't remember this one, like where did this come from? And it's pretty interesting and seeing like what is still cool and what is whack and what is, you know, how things have changed over the years. Well, you
1: might get the same vibe from this. It's on YouTube and it's the YouTube uh, channel is called Rinse Repeat. So it's pretty easy to find. And then look for, uh, on their channel, Saturday Morning Cartoons, 90, 91. And they're just like watching a few minutes and then change the channel? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like every few minutes or something like that. And it just goes like cartoons and it commercials, some commercials too. It's just like a vibe. It's like pretty cool.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right, cool. Um, the only thing I'm going to mention this week is just a really brief uh, surprise. I was very surprised. Everybody knows that I'm a He-Man fan, a Masters of the Universe fan. And as we were on iTunes the other day, uh, my son was like flipping. Around. I forget what he was looking for. He's looking for something. He's like, oh, dad, what's this? And they – I don't know where it came from, but a couple years ago at a convention – Um, super seven, which, you know, super seven, the toy store slash shirt store, um, Brian Flynn, who is in charge of super seven, he's the, the big mojo guy there. He, um, had the He-Man license for a while. I don't think they have it anymore, but they had it for a while and they were making figures and stuff. And when he had it, he made a brand new He-Man cartoon. It's like 10 minutes long. It got the, the original voice actor of Skeletor, uh, Alan Oppenheimer, much older these days, of course, but still has it still sounds like Skeletor. And he made a brand new little short. It had Skeletor and Beastman and Merman. And they go to meet some uh, new bad guys that are in this mountain. And it's just like a really quickie 10-minute thing. But, you know, it's just kind of a weird anomaly and a, and a cool surprise to see that there's this new He-Man content, right? Like just yeah. out of the blue. So it was only shown at a convention. And if you weren't there in person, there was no way for you to see it. Uh, but that 10-minute short somehow made its way to iTunes. It's on uh, iTunes now. It's called Curse of the Three Terrors. It's like $1.99 to to buy it. It's like 10 minutes long. And if you're a He-Man fan like I am and you never had a chance to see this new original short, here's your chance. It's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So that is it. Anything else, Carlos?
1: That's it.
0: I'm done. All right, folks. That is the show. Before we close, we want to ask you to leave reviews, share us on social media, but most importantly of all, recommend us to your friends because nothing beats word of mouth also you can support us if you like over there at patreon.com forward slash the Games Podcast. get yourself some discord access for five bucks and up or a dollar is fine too or nothing we're not going to cut you off but in case you want to support there you go as always we do want to get your questions and comments you can hit us up in the discord or Podcast at gmail.com or You can hit us up individually and directly. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Uh, Glitch to the ground
1: on all those channels and also Carlos Rodella on YouTube.
0: As for me, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 375. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.